and you are superwoman. You think you got everything in control and you got everything handled and there's nothing that can defeat you and nothing that's invincible, but everybody got something. Uh, everybody got something that no matter how strong you may appear, that it can make you the weakest person on earth. And I'm here to announce to you that you're getting ready to go on an adventure to learn how to conquer your kryptonite. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you got something. Uh-huh. Look back at him and say, you got something, but you need God. Yeah. God is the only one that can help you when you are weak. For when you are weak, then he can be strong in your life. And is there anybody in here that say, I've had God to help me with some kryptonite moments. There's some times that I needed God to step in and strengthen me in my weakest places, in the places that I haven't told anybody about. I thank God that I got a God that can help me to conquer kryptonite. So I searched the Bible. And I had to look for somebody who was strong but had kryptonite moments. Samson was an incredibly strong person, watch this, with a dangerously flawed character. Samson was a man destined for greatness, marked by great victories but plagued with even greater failures. Watch this. He was a man used by the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, listen, ruled by his flesh. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to bust your bubble. It is possible to be greatly used by God and extremely flawed at the same time. Because the call on your life never exempts you from the struggles that you have to have within your flesh. Uh, I don't have a real church yet. I hope they step up in here in just a minute. In fact, I believe, maybe not you, but I believe that the greater the anointing on your life, the greater the attacks come to your life. God, help me. Is there anybody in here that say the more anointed I get seem like the more attacks I have to deal with? Uh, if you ain't dealing with no attacks, it might mean that you ain't got no anointing on your life. But when God's hand is on your life and God is using you for his purpose and for his will, then every attack from hell is going to come against you and everything that's uh, connected to your flesh is going to come after you. But is there anybody in here that can declare, I got some kryptonite going on in my life, but I know somebody that can handle all my kryptonite. God, help me. Now the Bible says, I'm going quickly, the Bible says in chapter 13, in Judges chapter 13, uh, we're going to read a little bit later, uh, the, in, the Bible says in Judges chapter 13 is where we pick up Samson's story. And that's where we find, watch this, this term where it says that the angel of the Lord appeared before a barren wife of a man named Manoah and told her that she would give birth to a son. The Bible don't even give her a name. All we know is her, she is Manoah's wife. He instructs her, this angel of the Lord, stay with me, instructed her not to have any strong drink or to cut the hair of her son, for he is to be a Nazarite to God. In other words, because he is to be consecrated and separated for God to use him, watch this, the angel of the Lord instructs her and says he is not to drink any wine, he is never to cut his hair but to grow locks, and he is not to come in contact with any corpse or graves. That's the, that's the rule. He said don't drink no wine, don't, don't cut your hair, and don't come in contact with any corpse or graves. Now, this is significant, ladies and gentlemen, because the Bible doesn't say that, the, that any angel gave her the message, but the Bible says that the angel of the Lord gave her the message. Let the church say angel of the Lord. Now, you must understand. Now, here's what, here's what you got to understand about being at freedom. We have to learn before we shout, okay? Y'all with me? You got to learn before you shout. Because if you shout and you ain't learned none, what you shout known, okay? You got to learn something before you shout. Theologically, uh, this term angel of the Lord is different from any other angel in the Bible. Theologians suggest that this term was given any time, watch this, a manifestation of God was tangible to the human senses. It's what we call in theological circles, here's a word you might not know, it's called a theophany. Everybody say theophany. 
Theo, which means God. Funny means revealed or manifested. Theophany, it means that God is revealed or manifested. It's the visible appearance of God that functions as the person of God that interacts with man on his level. I'm coming for you. But this interaction was not just only a theophany. If you discover it, you'll find out that it's a Christophany. Now, what's a Christophany? It means that Christ Jesus is the one that is coming and walking the earth. Oh, you thought Jesus just picked up in the Gospels. The devil is a liar. Uh, he was here before the foundations of the world. Oh, come on, come on. This is, this is the pre-incarnate Jesus showing up in the Old Testament. Uh, Moniah's Mona, wife tells her husband that the angel of the Lord said that, that we're going to have a son. And Manoah's wife uh, prayed to God. And he said, God, if it's really you, send the messenger once again. Watch this. The Bible says that God heard Manoah and came again to his wife. When she saw the angel of the Lord, she runs to go get her husband. And when they come back, Manoah asks, are you the man that my wife spoke with? Are y'all still with me? Okay, Manoah prays. If that's really you, God, send that man back again. The man comes back again, the angel of the Lord. Manoah's wife runs to get her husband say the man is back and he comes back with his wife and says watch this he says uh, watch this are you really the one who told my wife all this and the angel says in chapter 13 he says I am now that might not have meant anything to you but uh, uh, you have to add, watch this I said it was a Christophany which means it was Jesus walking. He was the one giving the message. You still don't get it. He said, are you the one? He said, I am. You still ain't got it. I said, it's a Christophany. It is Jesus walking. And I, he said, are you the man? Jesus said, I am. You still ain't with me. Okay, now let me walk through the scripture a little bit. Moses asked God, when I go before Pharaoh, who shall I say sent me? Tell him I am. That I am. Watch this. Jesus said in John the 8th chapter, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, you still ain't with me. I am the truth and the life. I am the way. I am the door. He's saying, I am Jesus. I'm the one that came walking. You still ain't with it. Let me keep on going. The text says that Manoah is so excited about having a son that he invites the angel of the Lord to dinner. The angel says, I'm not going to eat none of your food, but offer it as a burnt offering before the Lord. Manoah asked the angel, I'm still in chapter 13 of Judges. Manoah asked the angel of the Lord, what is your name so that we may honor you when your words come true? The angel of the Lord said, why do you ask me my name? Watch this. Seeing as my name is wonderful. You still ain't got it yet. Okay. Okay. Come on. Go back with me home. I want to cook you a little something. I'm not going to eat your food. Oh, but, but okay. I need you to give a burnt offering. All right. We'll give a burnt offering. But what is your name so that we can honor you? Uh, you why do you want to know what my name is? Because my name is wonderful. You still ain't got it yet. I said it's a Christophany. It is Jesus walking the earth. What is your name? My name is wonderful. That's why Isaiah the ninth chapter says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I ain't got no Bible readers. God is trying to say when he wants to do something he don't have to send an army all he got to do is send an angel God is there anybody in here that say I got God to show up right when I needed him I got God to show up in the midst of my situation I need to know are there any people in this house that had God to show up in your life to show up in your situation okay all right they still ain't with me they still ain't with me Still ain't with me. All right. He says, I don't need to send an army when I need to do what I got to do. I can send an angel. This Christophany. Everybody say Christophany. This Christophany showed up 
to Hagar in Genesis 16 chapter and told her, I will increase your descendants so much that there'll be too many to count. This Christophany showed up uh, to Abraham in Genesis 18 to let him know that by this time next year, you will have a son. This Christophany showed up to wrestle with Jacob in Genesis the 28th chapter. Uh, this Christophany showed up in Exodus the third chapter to show Moses uh, to show up in a burning bush. This Christophany showed up for Joshua before Jericho fell. And I'm here to let you know he's still showing up for me and you to this day. Jesus is a present help in the time of trouble. Is there anybody in here that can look at your life and testify Jesus showed up right when I needed him. He may not come when you want him, but he'll show up just in time. Is there anybody in here that can give God just a little bit of praise because you got a God that will show up. He will show up. I'm talking about Samson's parents. Watch this. And the Bible says, text goes on. Samson grows up, and by the time we get to uh, chapter 14, Samson is the strongest man who ever lived, yet he was also the weakest. Samson's life is a sad tale of the consequences of demanding your way. Samson had a weakness. He had a kryptonite. His kryptonite was ungodly women. He pursued that weakness with reckless abandonment until God abandoned him in the way he chose to live his life. The Lord worked in his life but Samson was determined to pursue his sin. Samson had to end up reaping the consequences of the decisions he made. Have you ever realized that God does forgive sins, but he don't always remove the consequences of the sin? Ooh, I came to let somebody know sin has consequences. Sin has consequences. Here's a man that had a fixation on ungodly women. Just couldn't leave them alone. Watch this. Judges 14, verse number 1 through 2. It's on the screen. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a pretty young thing. A Philistine woman. When he returned, verse 2, he said to his father and his mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Look what Samson says. Now get her for me as my wife. Uh, bring me that. Come on, bring it to me. Let's go. Let's go with the first one. Um, what happens when you got kryptonite in your life is that kryptonite, watch this. Uh, we're going to do this one by one. Go ahead and leave this. It's fine. Uh, the first place that kryptonite appears, watch this, is lust. Let, the say, let church say lust. lust. Lust means I desire it. I want it. Oh, I'm so scared. I got saints that don't want to be honest like they never lusted after nothing. It means I want it no matter what. I don't care, watch this, who it dishonors. Or who it disregards. I want it. Because lust leads to an unwholesome actions to fulfill one's desire with no regard to the consequences. It's a fiery passion that we refuse to bring under subjection. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you an honest question? If y'all could just be real with me just for a minute. How much trouble has our lust got us in? Touch your neighbor and say, he talking to you, he talking to you, he talking to you. How, how many bad decisions did we make because of our lust being out of control? I ain't got no real church. How much debt have we racked up because we couldn't get our lust under control? I got to have it. How much weight have we gained because our lust? Here we go. How many bad relationships have we gotten into? 
because we never got our lust under control. And here's the thing. Don't blame it on the alcohol. You got to blame it on your lust. Because, watch this, lust is the opposite, hear this, of holiness and honor. Let me say that one more time. Lust is the opposite of holiness and honor. Lust that is out of control moves you to release the ability for self-control. Here's a better word for it, temperance. Here we go. Our desires have to come under the control of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't just want what we want. We got to make sure it's checked by the Holy Spirit. When was the last time before you purchased something you said, Lord, should I? Not, Lord, shut it down before I get to the register. I got I to pray to God that he gets my desires under control. Watch this. Oh, because our desires have to come subject to the power of God. Because God will only guide you to the level of your self-control. You miss what I just said. Because if you ever get this, this will bless your entire life. God will only guide you to the level of your self-control. What do you mean, pastor? The flesh shifts, but the spirit guides. Oh, your flesh don't shift? Let you see something shining. Okay, all right. You ready? Let me put it like this. Okay. Um, um, you got a car. You shouted over the car when you got it. You thank God that you got it. You was crying all at the altar because you got a nice new car. But six months later when them payments was getting on your nerves, you wanted to give that car away. Am I talking to anybody in here? Like, I'm sick of paying a car note. Three, four, five, six, some of y'all, seven, eight years trying to pay off a car. Watch this. And even after the agony of what you had to go through with that car, as soon as you see something else that's shining, now all of a sudden you want it again. Am I talking to anybody that know what I'm talking about? You see yourself in that Mercedes. You see yourself in that Lexus. You see yourself riding. You see yourself with a little car, all the seat all lean back and your hand up. And uh-huh, uh-huh. You ain't even going to get the Tendos in it because you want everybody to see you in it. Come on. You're going to put some nice little rims on it. You're going to be lodging it. Everybody going to be looking at you. But you're the same person that's, that's aggravated right now about the car payment you got. Because lust. Wants what it wants. It wants the shiny thing. It wants the exciting thing. It wants the alluring thing. But the spirit guides you into all truth. The spirit will tell you, you don't want that. As much aggravation as it's giving it to you right now, you don't want that. Come on. Has anybody ever had the spirit come along and tell you that ain't for you? You better leave that alone. You better walk away. Come on. Has anybody ever had the spirit to come and shut you down and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, that ain't it. That ain't it right there. Come on. It, has, has the devil ever presented something to you that looked too good to be true, but your spirit kicked in and said, that cannot be it? That's an imitation of what God wants to do? You got to make sure that the spirit guides you and not your flesh. Paul says in Romans 13, 14, you must make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof because my fleshly appetite will never be satisfied. That's why kryptonite will get you behind these bars. Because it'll never be satisfied. You, you want more. And you want more. Can't eat just one chip. Rebecca, I got to eat the whole bag. I, I, I can't just have just one little scoop of ice cream. I sit there with a the whole tub and then wonder where all the ice cream went. Mad about who ate the ice cream and I'm the only person in the house. Ain't that some foolishness? Because my fleshly appetite will never be satisfied. But when I bring this flesh under subjection, I won't return text messages at 2 o'clock in the morning. Come on, sit there if you want to. I'm going to preach all over you. When, when I bring this flesh under subjection, I can't be controlled, and I'm controlled by the Spirit. I won't spend my check and be broke one week after getting it. Come on. When, when I bring this flesh under subjection, I won't repeat the gossip that I heard from somebody else because when the Spirit is ruling, then my flesh has to decrease and the Spirit of God has to increase. Don't tell me you walking in the flesh and you talking about everybody. Don't tell me you walking in the flesh and you can't control yourself. Sleeping with somebody 
somebody you ain't married to. The devil is a liar. God is saying you got to bring that flesh under subjection. Give your neighbor a high five and say crucify that flesh because that flesh is out of control. That flesh is trying to take you out. That flesh is trying to make you forfeit what God has for your life. But is there anybody in here that can give God glory and give God praise and say God lay me on the cross. Crucify me all over again because I want your will for my life. my body and bring it into subjection. Watch this. He said, I have to beat my body and bring it into subjection so that I don't preach to others and I myself be a castaway. Can I tell you, that's why I come to church faithfully. That's why I'm in Bible study. That's why I can't go everywhere that, that everybody else go. That's why I can't do what everybody else do. I got to beat this flesh into subjection to obey the will of God for my life. Because if I don't beat this flesh into subjection, I'll end up cussing somebody out. If I don't beat this, sub this flesh into subjection, I'll go to work tomorrow and quit. If I don't beat this flesh into subjection, I'll go crazy. But I thank God that he gave me the ability to get access his will and access his spirit that when I decrease he can increase in my life I need somebody in here to lift your hands and tell the Lord yes Lord yes to your will yes to your way yes 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 I will serve you I'll crucify this flesh I'll keep my mouth closed I'll keep my uh, dress down I'll keep sleeping with people I ain't married to I'm letting it all go so that you can get the glory out of my life like this message this morning it's all right watch this that's why you must learn the difference between need and desires can we go deep just for a minute that's why you got to learn the difference between need and desires because some of us are calling needs well, some of us are calling desires needs and because of that we are locked behind kryptonite because we don't understand that there's a difference between needs and desires needs are to be met but a desire, uh, watch this, a lustful desire, watch this, needs to be starved. Needs are to be met. I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. But desires, lustful, ungodly desires are to be starved. See, meeting a need leads to life. But feeding a lust leads to destruction. Lust will get your heart broken. God, I wish I had an honest church this morning. Lust will get you to be living in disappointment. Lust will lead to so many regrets that you, is there anybody in here that can say, lust got me in some places that I regret I ever went down that road. I have regret I even met with that person. I regret every, even getting in a relationship with that person because my lust was so out of control. I ain't got an honest church. My lust was so out of control that it got me in a place that I should have never been in because lust leads to regret. Lust leads to disappointment. So instead of feeding the beast, what I must do, I must starve the beast. This is why, here's the cuss word in the church. This is why fasting yes. is so important. Somebody say fasting. Oh, I know. You wanted me to tell you to clap, five, high five your neighbor and spin around three times and tell you, you coming out. No, you ain't coming out because Jesus said there's some demons that only come through, come out by fasting and through prayer. You got to fast some things out. There's some places, there's, okay, here we go. There's some undelivered places in your life that will never get delivered until you learn how to turn your plate down and seek God with everything that you got because there's only some demons that's coming out your house when you fast them out. There's only some demons that's going to leave you alone until you start fasting because fasting gives you power over the flesh fasting starves your flesh and increases your spirit in God and is there anybody in here that say I don't need pastor to call a corporate fast I can turn my plate down I can get in God's face for myself because I need deliverance so the first place that kryptonite gets you is in your lust I desire it. I got to have it. But the next place that it gets you, come on, let's go. <laughs> Watch this. It's a place called entitlement. Oh, it's going to be hard to preach this message today. I see it already. Um, 
Judges 14, verse number 3. Judges 14, verse number 3. Look what the Bible says. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all of your people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistine to get a wife? Must you go to the club? I mean, must you go? Must you go? Oh, y'all want me to go here? I feel it. I feel it. I got to go here. Must you go to plenty of fish? Oh, they don't want to talk this morning. They don't want to talk. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to set this up real good. Must you go to, to get an uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody that no matter how much you tell them that ain't the way, they still want it? Watch this. It's entitlement. Go back to it. Entitlement. It means I deserve it. Samson says, she's the right one for me. You know what he's literally saying? In the literal translation, she's sa he's saying, she is right, watch this, in my eyes. Anybody ever looked right in your eyes and you gave it some time to only discover that's a mess? Oh, don't ever think that it ain't love ain't never blinded you before. Come on. Don't ever think you ain't never seen. You, you looked at them and you saw all the imperfections. No, you had to go through some time to discover who they really are. Come on. Anybody ever seen somebody that looked like an angel and then later discovered that they was a demon sent straight from hell? Can I talk to some real people? Because your eyes can play tricks on you. Come on, ghetto boys. Sometimes you can look at stuff and you can't see what's really there. They can look all sweet and nice. Come on. I got church people sitting in here right Right now can hallelujah you down and then cuss you out in the parking lot because looks can be deceiving is there anybody in here that say sometimes I can't even trust my own eyes because my eyes are looking through the eyes of lust my eyes are looking through the eyes of my flesh but sometimes I got to make sure that I got people around me that can check me to say that ain't it boo you better walk away from that is there anybody here that say I thank God for wise godly counsel that can rescue me and can let me see some stuff that I can't see. His parents told him, this ain't the one. But he ignores the counsel and believes he is entitled to this woman. Because entitlement is the belief, watch this, that I am exempt from responsibility, watch this, and I'm owed special treatment. This is what, this is what they believe millennials suffer with. I passed a bunch of them. This is what millennials suffer with, that I'm entitled, that, that, that I'm exempt from responsibility, and I'm owed special treatment. Entitlement is the person who thinks they are above the rules. Entitlement is the person who feels mistreated and needs others to make it up for them. Oh, it's going to get quiet right through here. Entitlement is the person who performs poorly on their job but believes they deserve a raise for reasons completely unrelated to how well they perform. You owe me the raise because I came in on time. Boo, that's part of your job description. I don't know why I get the raise. I'm nice. We don't care if you're nice. Are you performing? Or do you feel you're entitled? This is why, can I tell you something? It ain't on my notes. I'm give this to you for free. This is why some of us struggle with God. Because you take that same entitlement attitude to God and say, God, I paid my tithes once. Now, I am entitled to a return on my investment. And God is saying, I only say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Oh, it got to, listen, you just can't put something in one time. Don't tell me you love me one time and never say it again. You got to make sure that it's proven through dedication and commitment. Stop walking around here thinking that somebody owe you something. I dare you to grab the hand of your neighbor, shake it real good, and tell them don't nobody owe you nothing. See, entitlement is the spouse who thinks everything going wrong in the relationship is their partner's fault. 
And since they feel like they have made all the contributions to the relationship, they are completely justified in sitting back and waiting for their partner to fix whatever's wrong. Oh, but it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of, I ain't got no real people in here. See, and when you have a mindset that says, I deserve, it leads to a life of frustration, unsuccessful feelings, blaming, and an empty feeling. I deserve directs us to some external person or power to provide something we need. When you're entitled, when you feel like you deserve, you deserve to be happy, you focus on someone other than yourself to make you happy. God help me. I felt that down in my toes. See, see, some of us have said, I deserve to be happy. You do? Okay, boo. Well, the problem is, if you're waiting for somebody else to make you happy, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life. Is there anybody here that say, I had to learn the hard way that I got to be happy all by myself. If I ain't got nobody, I'm still happy. If I ain't got a dollar to my name, I'm still happy. Because happiness is not based upon what you bring. Happiness is based upon what's in me. And what's in me got to come out me. I ain't entitled to it. I got to make sure that I make it. Watch this. Okay. See, see, when you walk around with the mindset that I deserve, what just happened? I became less powerful and more dependent. It means I gave the power to others, making it much harder that I'll have power to get my life together. You ready for this? Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I deserve thinking leads to a passive victim mentality. I am blessing about five of y'all sitting here right now. You need to hear that. When you think you are entitled, it leads to a passive victim mentality that somebody's always out to get you, that ain't nobody ever nice to you. you always the victim. You ever talk to somebody and every story they tell, they always end up the victim in it. Seem like everybody always doing something to them. And you looking at them like, like, who are you hanging around? No, it ain't who they hanging around. It's what they've told themselves. They told themselves that they're entitled. But I'm here to let you know, if you change your language from I deserve to I am responsible for there it is not I deserve but I'm responsible for it calls you into action when you say I'm responsible it drives you to go after your dreams and desires it pushes you to solve problems it pushes you to make your life better see I'm responsible for the peaceful working environment so the power is not in my co-workers it's in my hands y'all didn't get that I'm responsible for a great marriage so I will do all I can to make the marriage great even when they don't act right I'm not putting it in their hands. I'm putting it in my hands. I'm responsible for how I, how people treat me. I'm not a victim anymore, so you can't treat me any kind of way. And I've learned how to draw boundaries in the ground and say, you can't cross this boundary. What just happened? That means I'm responsible for how people treat me. Is there anybody in here that say, I don't deserve nothing, but I thank God that I'm responsible. I'm going to live the rest of my life like it's the best of my life. I'm going to make sure that Every day I get up, I'm going to have a happy day. I'm going to make sure that when I put one foot in front of the other, it ain't a determined on what you think about me. It's determined on what I think about myself. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Stop walking around like you're the victim. Stop walking around like somebody did something to you. Well, you don't know what I did with my past. What happened in my past? You don't know what happened to me. They hurt me real bad. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. I'm not going to walk in yesteryear. I'm not going to walk in yesterday, but I'm walking into a new day. I'm getting up out of this entitlement place and I'm getting, I'm taking back responsibility for my life. And let me tell you something. Get mad if you want to. Hate on me if you want to. But I'm getting ready to live the best years of my life. I'm getting ready to put one foot in front of the other and every day of my life is going to be better than yesterday. Is there anybody here that's made up in your mind? I'm not letting playing a victim to you anymore. I'm not letting you judge how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my best life. Is there anybody in here that say I'm living my best life and I ain't going back and forth with nobody. I'm going to make sure that every day I get up, it's going to be a happy day. This is the day the Lord has made. I've come to rejoice and to be glad in it. You ain't happy? Let me move to somebody that is. 
live in entitlement because entitlement will get you locked up. Watch this. Um, Found me this Philistine woman. I want her. Mama, daddy, go get her. She's mine. But this, this last one, this one, messes me up. dealt with lust, and after you've dealt with entitlement, the last stop, stop off is pride. Watch this. I know I shouldn't have her, but I can handle it. I, I can handle it. I got this. I mean, I'm playing. Come on. I got this. I got this. Watch this. I'm going to walk in such a pride. Here it is. That can't nobody tell me nothing. Watch this. The problem with this is that a hard head make a soft behind. Pride will get you in some trouble. You don't believe me? Come on, let's go to the scripture. Verse number 7 through 10. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate it as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they ate too. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman. And there Samson held a feast as was customary for young men. Now let me unpack all this because this is how pride will get you. Pride means I can handle it. I'm strong. I can manage it. I got this. I got this. Now what were the rules for the Nazarites? The rules for the Nazarite was don't drink any wine. Don't cut your hair. And what? Don't touch anything dead. God gave him rules. Don't cut your hair. Don't touch any dead things. And don't drink any wine. Verse number 8 says, he touched the carcass of a lion. God help me. And verse 10 says, Samson held a feast. This is why you have pastors, because pastors look things up for you to understand something. Uh, there's two offenses that he did in this story. There's two offenses. He touched a dead thing, but the second thing was that he drank wine. Pastor, where did he drink wine? I don't see it. The Bible says, watch this, that he held a feast. Feast in the original translation means a celebration or an occasion for drinking. Okay. So now he has broken two vows before God. Watch this. Why, Samson, would you go that far? Because he think he can handle it. Watch this. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the justification for sin. I can handle it. I got it. Because here's the danger. You ready for this? Here's the danger. <laughs> I get in pride that I got it. Because if I sin the first time, and I got away with it. Then why not do it again? Come on, y'all. Come on, let's go there. If I slept with them that one time, and God didn't slap my neck, so it must be okay to do it again. Anybody, you know, I wish, you know, I wish I would just be pastor. Anybody ever realize that the more you get away with sin? The more you want to do it, God, I wish I had some honest people right here. Y'all so forgiving and sanctified for me. I wish I had some real church people. You ever got away with sin and you wanted to do it more? The first time you sold the supplies at work, you was looking all around. Am I talking to anybody in here that can just be honest? But now you just walk up there real bold. I need paper clips and post-it notes. And you put it right in your purse. You a thief. You a thief. Why? Because you got away with it. 
And because you got away with it, it's more easier to do it again. See, I put my hand in the lion's carcass, and I got honey out of it. It tasted good. How could something be, watch this, how could something so good be so wrong? Come here, I'm talking to you this morning. How could this great feeling, this, this great honey, sweeter than the honey on the honeycomb, how can it be so sweet and it be wrong? I mean, God don't make something this good and it be wrong. Oh, but there's a call on your life and you can't do what other people do. You can't act how everybody else acts. I know you think you got it, boo. I know you think, but let me tell you something about pride. After you done done the sin and you think you got it, is there anybody that can testify when you think you got it that's when you learn it got you and all of a sudden you bound up in something that's hard for you to come out of is there anybody in here that say sometimes pride will get me in a mess where I think I got it all under control and I ain't got nothing under control because I got away with it didn't nobody see me I went out of town didn't nobody see nobody posted about took everybody's phone at the door. Oh, y'all don't like truth, but I'm going to teach this thing. Because we got away with it. It's all right. It's okay. But I got away with it. Because, watch this. You know my heart. You know who I am. You know I got Forgives me. Hallelujah. See, this is why I can't understand some people that don't praise God. Because after all the stuff you got away with, and God didn't take you out, and he spared your life. Is there anybody here say that? I don't praise God for the house and for the car. I praise God for the times I missed the mark, and he still covered me, and he still kept me, and he still kept looking out for me. Let's take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody in here that can give God glory and give God praise, not because of the house, not because of the car, but while sin abound, grace abounded even the more. I need somebody here to give God glory that God didn't snap me in half and take my breath when I missed the mark somebody open up your mouth and give God praise that he kept looking out for you he didn't let my sin catch up with me he didn't let my sin catch up with me when he could have revealed me when he could have put me out there when he could have put all my business out there he covered me that's why I give him praise Watch this. But, but, but when you live in pride, you say, I can handle it. I got this. I got this. Watch this. Because Samson thought he was the source of his awesomeness. Don't you be fooled. You might be large and in charge. You might have it going on. But don't think you did that. <laughs> you didn't do none of that. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be living where I live. I wouldn't be driving what I drive. I wouldn't be married to who I'm married to. I wouldn't be in a place that I'm in if it had not been for the Lord. I'm not the source of what God has done in my life. He is. Watch this. So the strength, it begins when you admit your weakness. You got to admit your weakness. So how do you deal with lust. Let me, let, me, let me break this down. Okay? I, lust means I desire it. I want it. Let's flip the script. How do you deal with lust? Let's go to it. I have to now desire more of God. Because when I was desiring it, I desired what my flesh wanted. But the only way that the kryptonite can be dealt with is I got to desire more of God and less of what I want. I have to desire him. I have to seek after him because God is the only one that can fulfill your desires and satisfy your soul. Watch this. Has there ever been something in your life that you wanted real bad a certain way and it didn't work out that way? 
and then you got angry, you got mad, you fell out with God, you didn't talk to him for a couple of weeks, you was uh, you were just so upset, and then after a while, God fixed it so that when you look back at it, you said, God, you did that better than I ever could have done it, because if I would have done it on my own, I would have got myself in some trouble, but I thank God that when I seek your face, you'll come see about me, that when I seek your face, you'll come make a way for me. I ain't got to desire what's in my flesh. I got desire more of God because when I get more of him, he'll fulfill the desires of my heart. Is there anybody in here that's this, that's made up in your mind? I need God every single day, every single hour, every single minute. I got to have him for the rest of my life. I need him like a cake needs sugar. I need him like a fish need water. I need him like the next breath I'm getting ready to breathe. I need God with every fiber of my being. You can live without him, but I sure can't live without him. I got to have him every single day of my life. And is there anybody in here that lost an hour of sleep, but you still came to church saying, I need him, I need him, I need him every day, every hour, every minute, every second. I got to have God. I need him. I need him. Because the more I desire him, the more strength he'll give me. So that's how I deal with my lust. Entitlement says, I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve that house I've been looking at. I deserve it. I deserve that promotion. I know they're more qualified, but I deserve it. I deserve it. Here's how you deal with entitlement. Come on, let's go. I deserve death were it not for his grace. The only thing I ever deserved was grace. I mean, was death. Is there anybody here that's realized that if it had not been for God, you would have been wiped away in your sin long time ago. Come on, I deserve death. See, this is hard for church people to understand. Watch this. This is real hard for church people to understand because church people got a warped sense of who they are. We come in smelling good, looking good, looking like we the part, but underneath all that is nothing but mistakes and regrets and failures and flaws, but God looked beyond my faults and he saw about my needs. See, the reality is I deserve death. The way Wages of sin is what? Death. I sinned and didn't even know I was sinning. I sinned and didn't even realize I was sinning and I deserve death. But the gift of God is everlasting life and I thank God that when I deserve death, he gave me life. And is there anybody in here that could give God just a little bit of praise because when you deserve death, ah, oh, he gave you the grace to keep on going. He gave you the grace to keep on living. He gave you the grace to take one more step. I thank God for the grace of God on my life. I deserve death. I ain't live that holy. I ain't live that holy. I can heat the Messiah with the best of them. I can shout all over this church. I can speak in tongues, fall out, and prophesy in three seconds or less. I can do all that wonderful stuff, but underneath all that, I'm still a mess. God help me. I still am wretched. I'm still foul. I'm still got some ways that don't please God. I still do some things that offend God on a daily basis. I'm still in some sin that I ain't came out yet. And he done told me to come out a long time ago. I deserve death. See, y'all can't get with that because this world has told you how wonderful you are and how, wonder and how great you are. See, you got so much self-help that now you have an illusion about who you really are. But is there anybody in here that say, if it was not for God... I would have been wiped out. I would have been taken out of here a long time ago. I deserve death, but I thank him for his grace. I deserve death, but I thank him for his grace. I deserve death, but I thank him for his grace that's been on my life. So, lust, entitlement, pride. How do I deal with pride? I can handle it. Watch this. God can handle it. Only way I can deal with my pride. God can handle it. God can handle everything. When I can't handle it, He can handle it. When I'm too weak, He's strong. When when I don't have the ability, He gives me the ability. Some mother in here need to realize, how you raising that child? Ain't nothing but God. Some days, 
Allah diberi pilihan. If it wasn't for grace calming you down and bringing you off that place, if it wasn't for grace, you would have snapped that child in half. You would have broke their neck. Oh, come on. You done told them over and over and over and over and over. And the only reason why you still got the patience to deal with that child is because God has been helping you every single day. Is there any mother in here that say, I know what you're talking about, Pastor? Because there's some days I don't feel like I'm a good mother. I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm not doing the right thing. But with the help of God, God has given you to help to raise that child that some days you go to that job and you wonder how you still here you wondering how you still making it on that job it's with the help of the Lord is there anybody in here that can say ain't no goodness of my own but it's the goodness of the Lord that's been on my life that I'm still here let me tell my testimony I don't know how I'm pastoring after nine years of making mistakes and having flaws and still got issues but it's with the help of the Lord that I'm still here it's with the help of the Lord that I'm still preaching it's with the help of the Lord that I didn't lose my mind and is there anybody in here that say I almost lost it I almost lost my mind could have went into a depression but it's with the help of the Lord I ain't got time for pride I ain't got time to act like I got it all together it's with the help of the Lord that I'm still here and I give God glory and I give God praise because it's with his help that I'm still here if that's you in here I need you to open your mouth and give God the praise that you're still here with the help of the Lord. Everybody's standing. I'm done. The only way you're still making it is with the help of the Lord. Here's the thing, y'all. It's a hard message to preach because we have lulled you into not dealing with your lust not dealing with your entitlement spirit, not dealing with your prideful spirit. The church has done a disservice by always preaching wealth and prosperity, your blessing is on the way, that we don't deal with the areas where you need deliverance. Let's be real, some of us have been in church all our lives and we still need deliverance. We still got areas of our life that still need deliverance. I don't want to have a church that comes to church to put on as if ain't nothing wrong and they got it all together. The reality is I still got some lustful ways about me. I still feel entitled every now and again. I still walk around in pride and I need God to deal with that inner man. Not the face I show you because the face I show you is wonderful. Just look at your neighbor. Just look them up and down. Don't they look good? They look like they got it all together. They look so sweet. They look so innocent. They look like they don't do nothing wrong. That's an undercover killer, and you don't even know it. Talk about them if you want to. They'll assassinate your character so quick. Let them go out in that parking lot and see a scratch on their car. They'll cut your throat. See, but we don't like to talk like that in church because we act like we got it all together. If it wasn't for God's grace, we would have been consumed a long time ago. So we have areas that we all need for God to deliver us all over again. Every hand lifted. I need you to get on your mind your area of deliverance. The place that God has speaking the loudest. And with your hands lifted up, your answer needs to be, yes, Lord. See, a yes, Lord can do more for you than a stubborn will ever will. Some of us are so stubborn with God that the more he tries to throw you on a potter's wheel, you resist the molding. Here we go. And here's why he had to send trouble in your life. Because he had to break that will all over again. 
for you to get to the end and say, yes, Lord. But is there anybody here that say, God, you ain't got to break me. I'm telling you, yes, right here, right now. Come on, lift your hands and tell the Lord, yes, Lord. Come on, it needs to be a sound of nothing but yes, Lord, in this building. Yes to your will, yes to your way. I can't do this on my own. Yes, Lord. My answer is yes. So, God, I surrender to your will right in your presence. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the honest moment that we can come to you and say we ain't got it all together. We need deliverance. We need deliverance in our mind. We need deliverance in our emotion. We need deliverance in our will. We need deliverance on today, God. God, we come as a surrendered vessel telling you yes. No longer our will, but your will be done. We surrender to you now, God. So we tell you yes. Our answer is yes. I'm going to do something real quick and I'm going to let you go. <laughs> this message spoke to you in any way. Is there an area in your life that you need deliverance, that you've been resisting, you've been holding back from God? There's something that God has been tugging you. He's calling you. He's pulling you towards his purpose. He's pulling you towards his plan. But you've been resisting it. God says deliverance is available for you. I need you to step out into the aisle and make your way to this altar. I want to pray with you really quick. That your will surrenders to his will. And your answer is yes. 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 God says, I don't want to have to break your will in, a, in order to get a yes out of you. But you got to beat your own body into subjection. You have to tell him yes. Some of your hands lifted up. It's too quiet in here. I need you, every person in here, to lift your hands and say two words, yes, Lord. Come on, say yes, Lord. Come on, say yes, Lord. I'm tired of fighting with you. Yes, Lord. I'm tired of doing it on my own. Yes, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, I still got spectators. Open your mouth and say yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. He's got to go down in your belly. Come on, he's got to go down in your belly. Yes, Lord. My answer is yes. My answer is yes. I don't like it, but my answer is yes. It don't feel good, but my answer is yes. Because I got to trust you on the other end of this. My answer is yes. The only way I can go to where you want me to go is I got to tell you yes. The only way I could be lifted up is I got to tell you yes. The only way I could come out is I got to tell you yes. So my answer is yes. 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 Hey, my answer is yes. My answer is yes. My answer is yes. If people walk off and leave, my answer is yes. If I, can't, if I don't reply to anybody anymore, my answer is yes. If I stop responding to that person, my answer is yes. If I don't take the bribe, my answer is yes. If I don't take what the enemy is trying to send me, my answer is yes. My answer is yes. Whoever I need to cut out, my answer is yes. So I surrender now. I surrender now. I surrender now. I surrender now. Hey, I surrender now. I surrender now. I surrender now. Come on. I surrender now. I surrender now to your will. I surrender now. I surrender now. I surrender now. Yes, God. I surrender. I surrender to you. I lay it at your feet. Break me like only you can, God. I'm broken before you. 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 The only way that the healing will come is that you have to surrender completely and totally to him. God says there's some places in your heart that I need to heal. 
There's some brokenness in your spirit that I need to put back together again. But you have to surrender completely and totally. Come on, that's it. You have to surrender completely and totally. Come on, give up. Stop being strong. Stop being strong. Stop always trying to be strong. You ain't got to handle this by yourself. God says, I'm your present help in the time of trouble. I'm your present help in the time of trouble. You don't have to fight alone. This battle is not yours. It belongs to me. Give up in me and let me handle it. Give up in me and let me prove to you that I'm still your God, that I can still open the door, that I can still make the way. Give up in me. Hallelujah. Come on, tell him yes. Come on, tell him yes. Come on, tell him yes. Come on. That's it. Come on, tell him yes. Come on, tell him yes. Hallelujah. 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 Your answer has got to be yes. Come on, he's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. Don't be afraid of who you got to leave behind. Don't be afraid of who you got to leave behind. He's calling you higher. There's more on your life. There's greater on your life. There's more on your life. There's greater on your life. Come on. My answer has to be yes. Your 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 answer has to be yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm trying to take you to your purpose. But your answer has to be yes. Stir up the gift of God down in her belly, God. Stir it up all over again. Unleash, 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 unleash every gift, every gift, everything that you placed on the inside of her. I pray right now, God, that her answer is yes. Yes, God. 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 Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I come against self-defeat and pity right now in the name of Jesus. I bind it at its root right now in the name of Jesus. I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost comes to break every yoke, every stronghold. Come on, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I come against it right now. I break it at its root in the name of Jesus. Y'all should be celebrating in here. There needs to be a worship release in this house. Glory. Come on. Come on. Come on. Tell him yes. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Come here, Brianna. Lay your hands on her stomach. Lay your hands on her stomach. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift of God on the inside of her. Girl, if you knew what was on your life, if you knew what the anointing is on your life, if you knew what the anointing was on your life, if you knew, I stir it up now. I stir it up now. Come on. I stir it up now. I stir it up now. Hiya. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on. I feel a wave in here. I need you to lift your hands, open up your mouth, and tell the Lord, yes, 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 yes. When it hurts, yes. When it don't feel good, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because your yes is getting ready to save your life. Your yes is getting ready to bring you into another dimension. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Come here. Hallelujah. 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 A peace that surpasses all understanding. 
I speak peace in your home. I speak peace in your home. I speak peace in your home. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I got to go there. I come against tormenting demons that try to torment your mind. I see a battle in your mind. I hear the Lord saying it ends today. It ends today. It ends today. That's it. It ends today. Come on. It ends today. Come on. She agreed with that. It ends today. It ends today. No more torment in the mind. 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 Come on, I see a restlessness at night where you can't even sleep. No more torment in your mind. I'm going to leave y'all alone. I just need worship. I need you to just worship. I need you to just worship. Come on, I need you to just worship. Hallelujah. Can you do this for me? Grab the hand of your neighbor. If you're in the audience, grab the hand of your neighbor. I want you to start praying for that neighbor's hand that you hold. Come on, just pray for them. Hallelujah. Come on, just pray for them. We cover your home. We cover your family. Come on. I speak strength over you now. I speak strength. I speak a fresh anointing over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I speak endurance right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. He's giving you a new level of victory. Come on. He's giving you a new level of victory. Come on. In your belly, he's giving you a new level of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I speak victory over your house. I speak victory over your children. I speak victory over your family. I speak victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray. I speak victory, victory right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on. Wherever there's sickness, I speak to it right now. I speak healing right now. Oh, glory. 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 Now let go of that neighbor's hand and lift it up before God and give him the worship. Come on. Hiya. Yes, God. Glory to your name. Glory. Glory. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on. Come on. Go further in his will. Go further in his presence. Go further. Go further. Hallelujah. Come on. He's renewing your strength. He's renewing your strength. Glory to your name. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Glory to your name, God. And we thank you. And we bless you. And we honor you. Hallelujah. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, I am that I am, present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's making the crooked path straight. It's making the crooked path straight. Hallelujah. And we bless your name. And we honor you. And we glorify you. Hallelujah. Mm. I wouldn't want to come to freedom and not get free. I wouldn't want to come to freedom and not get free. I just wouldn't want to do it. I could stay in my bed. I, don't, I wouldn't want to come to freedom and not get free. But whom the sun sets.